Good day, gentlemen. Welcome to Fridays with the fellas. Hey, Anthony and Keith and Mike. Hi, Allie, Mike says. <laughs> Very good. Typos are fun, aren't they? Great to be with you guys. You ready to dig into some Proverbs? I'm excited about this. As I was reflecting this morning on uh, what we're going to talk about today, it was uh, it's just so, so good. You know, one of the questions I have gotten a lot over the years is from young dads, new dads, who say, okay, I'm going to have a son or I have a, a son. I didn't have a great father. I don't really know what this fatherhood thing is is about. What do I do? Have you been there? Do you know people like that? There's so many uh, ramifications. We talk about this all the time, right? There's so many ramifications in the whole world this whole idea of fatherlessness, and we, we see the negative impact. But the good news is our Heavenly Father has not left us to drown just because we didn't have a good father. And he's given, for those of you who are fathers, such great resources. And that's Proverbs. And that, of course, it's his whole word, but, uh, oh, the, the Proverbs. Let me come at this a little differently. Um, hey, Tim. Good to have you back with us. It's been a while. So, uh, you know, when, when when guys have come and asked me that question, they tell me, you know, they, they go to find some of the, the popular books in Christian culture, and they're so often told that the key to being a good father is, you know, family worship and having dinner together every night, get your kids to church. And, and all that's fine, although the scripture never actually says Fathers have to lead their family in worship. What does that, you know, what does that even mean exactly? But what does the scripture say? Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but rather than that, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's the key to fatherhood right there. That's what we're to spend our time doing. Train our children, discipline our children in the things of the Lord. And that's not singing before they go to bed, reading the storybook Bible, whatever the the current thing is. I mean, all that's fine, but teaching them Wisdom, teaching them obedience. That's that's the hard work. That's the regular conversations. That's the knowing what it is they are doing, steering what they're doing when they're young and as they get older, giving them some freedom, but knowing what they're doing and observing them, rebuking them, correcting them, encouraging them, all of those things. That's That's the hard work of fatherhood. And so many of you didn't have that with your fathers. And then you become a parent, you think, ah, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing here. Well, good news for you. The Lord has not left us without uh, information. So I'm excited about this. Here's the second reason. As I look at these verses we're going to cover today in uh, Proverbs 3, if we, if we got this down, we would almost put the pharmaceutical companies out of business. Fatherhood could destroy big pharma. (laughs) 
And the good news for you is no matter what stage of life you're in, it's not too late to implement these things, to, to learn from these things and change your life. Look, look at what God promises through Solomon here in the Proverbs. These things will provide a long and full life and well-being for you. Do you want to live a long, full life? Do you want well-being? This is the Hebrew word shalom. You've heard that. It means peace, but it means more than just absence of warfare and absence of conflict in relation or something. It's a, it's a word for great blessing, very practical, earthly blessing. So you want to have long life and, and a blessed life? Well, he's going to tell you how. Verse 4, then you will find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and people. How much of our stress and turmoil is because of the struggle of relationships? Well, generally speaking, there are exceptions, of course, but generally speaking, if you do what the scripture here tells you to do, you'll find favor with God and people. You'll have good understanding, and we'll talk about what that actually means. Uh, but do you want favor with God, your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends, family? Verse 6, acknowledge him in all your ways. He will make your paths straight. Now think about that imagery for a minute. You're trying to reach a goal. You're, you're trying to get to a destination, and the path is winding and weaving and there's all kinds of obstacles in the way and here solomon says under the inspiration of the holy spirit do this and god will remove those obstacles and take that path that seems all winding and curvy and circuitous and he'll he'll make it straight that's the best path isn't it to where you're trying to get to a straight path and then finally, verse 8, this will be, bring healing to your body and refreshment to your inner self. Literally, it's refreshment to your bones, but bones here being the uh, uh, kind of taking your whole, your whole person. Healing to your body and refreshment to your bones, to your inner self. Now, think about how many people in the world today are on all kinds of medications they're you know the self-help the self-help industry is like a 10 billion dollar industry there are new self-help books on the shelves of bookstores every day therapists make a ton of money and they never fix anybody because the whole worldview behind therapy and counseling is, is that you can't be fixed. You just need to be medicated and, and go through these processes to cope. That's what it is, is a coping industry. And you just try this and implement this and go down this path and have these experiences. Then uh, you'll feel better. And then that doesn't work. And you got to go find another one, right? Here, the word of God is saying this will bring healing to your body and refreshment to your bones to your inner self now imagine 
living a life that is long and full and blessed with straight paths toward your destination and your body is working the way it's supposed to and your inner self, your inner, your bones, your inner life is refreshed. Would you need to be on medication and go to therapy? You know, would you have ulcers, et cetera, et cetera? It's here in the word of God, right? I'm not promoting a book written by some random man, some guy that I found helpful or whatever. This is the word of God. Do you see? Do you see what's happened? As fathers have stopped being fathers and stopped teaching the word of the Lord, we have all of these problems in the world and there's all these solutions that can't actually provide help. So for you, first, you know, if we're going to do this well for others, first, we got to pursue these things for ourselves and then, uh, then we can teach somebody else. And I'm telling you, I, I tell you this every Friday, so especially young men are hungry. They are starving for this. See, I, I get so excited about Fridays because Fridays follow Thursdays. <laughs> See how smart I am. And Thursday nights are when our men from our fellowship get together and we talk about these things and we keep attracting young men and they are just soaking this up and they're implementing it. Last night we were talking about how some of these guys were, were applying the things we talk about to their lives and seeing this. God is faithful to his word. Ah, it's good. It's good. It's hard work in some ways. It's also rather simple. Well, let's take a look. Good morning, Hugo. Glad you could join us as well. So Proverbs 3 starts, my child or my son, do not forget my teaching. Don't forget. What does that tell you? We are prone to forget these things. As you read the Proverbs, you see a lot of repetition, don't you? My son was commenting on this the other day. Just, I think the same proverb is quoted, you know, three or four or five times through here. Yeah. You know that Solomon repeated these things again and again and again. That's what all good teachers do because our students forget. <laughs> In fact, two Thursdays ago, we spent like an hour on one particular aspect of Proverbs 1. And we had rich, great discussion on it. And then last night I said, hey, so let's just review last week. Do you remember, uh, remember that big topic that we really spent a lot of time pondering? <laughs> and nobody could remember. <laughs> nobody could remember. They remembered other things, but this one, one area that we spent so much time on, they didn't remember the conversation until I mentioned it. They, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We forget. We forget. Fathers, don't ever be afraid to repeat the lesson again and again and again. And, and for yourself as a student of God's word, you need to remind yourself of these things over and over again. My, my son, don't forget my teaching. But instead of that, let your heart keep my commandments. Like your mind, uh, you probably know this, the uh, Hebrew word for heart is not the seat of emotions. That was the bowels. <laughs> so, 
gentlemen who are married, go to your wife tonight, snuggle up to her and say, baby, I love you with all my bowels. <laughs> and then when she slaps you, you say, well, I, I'm using the Hebrew. <laughs> Heart in the, uh, in the Hebrew is the place, what we would call the mind. This is the, uh, the area of thinking and decision-making and that kind of thing. So he's saying, my son, don't forget my teaching, but let your mind keep my commandments. It takes, it takes some effort focusing our mind. If you do, Solomon says, they will provide a long and full life and well-being for you. Peace, shalom. All these things we're talking about through the book of Proverbs. God is telling us here, if we will commit these things to our memory and act on them, follow them, we'll have a long, full life full of God's blessing. Let me think of what we've already seen. Chapter one, the beginning of all this is fearing the Lord. If we're more concerned with what the Lord thinks than what the world thinks, what man thinks, what our wives think, what our kids think, our coworkers, our boss, our neighbors if we don't live our lives in fear of their opinions, but instead we're concerned with what God thinks, it'll lead to a long, full, blessed life. We talked about avoiding those people who want to lead us into sin. Don't run with the wicked. Don't listen to the one who says, hey, we can get rich. We go and, and assault this guy. Don't do it. Don't follow the adulterous woman. She's flattering. She's attractive. She wants you. Run. Or else you're, you're like, uh, you're going to fall into the trap. The, the trap is laid for you if you, if you hang out with these people, if you, if you allow them uh, to seduce you. Don't do it. Lady Wisdom, we saw in chapter two, Lady Wisdom is crying out day in and day out. Just come follow me. Receive my correction. Learn from me. Pursue me like a hidden treasure in the backyard. Now, that's all. It takes work. Wisdom doesn't just plop down in our head. Uh, James, what does James say about wisdom? Some of you know. What does James tell us about wisdom? I'm going to give you a second because I know we're on a delay here. Some of you know this. and We'll come back. So then he goes on here in chapter 3, uh, verse 3. It says, do not let mercy and truth leave you. But bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and people. Mercy and truth. This, this word mercy is a hard one in the Hebrew, and it's translated different ways. It's the uh, Hebrew word chesed, and it, it is often translated loving kindness. Sometimes it's translated covenant faithfulness. The uh, Septuagint, the Greek translation, uh, usually picks a word in the mercy category to translate it. Uh, I think uh, NAS here, yeah, has kindness. Do not let mercy and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck, like, like wear them like a necklace. Put them like a tablet on your heart. Uh, have them close to you all the time. Think about you know those uh, those bands that uh, people wear on their wrists all the time now, with maybe a name of a loved one or some uh, some sort of uh, proverbial statement or catchy phrase or whatever. It, it's that kind of thing. Have it close where you can uh, 
or just doesn't leave you. Well, what is that? Mercy and truth. And if you do, it says you'll find favor with, with man and God. Do you know, uh, you guys know who Tony Dungy is, right? Uh, he's the uh, former coach of the uh, Indianapolis Colts, and he's been a commentator and, uh, on one of the football networks, I think, for a while. I've always, from afar, respected him. I don't, I don't know him, obviously. I don't know much about him, but just the way he carries himself, he seems to me like the kind of guy who is both merciful and truthful. Uh, occasionally, off the screen, some some side issue, you know, he gets caught up in. As far as uh, his testimonies, he's a he's a a believer, uh, and he'll make comments now and then that you know the hostile crowd will go after him. I think I saw, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think I saw. Didn't he say publicly just yesterday he's going to be at the March for Life today? And I saw some uh, some left commentators blasting him for that. He seems like the kind of guy that will weather that storm just fine. And that there will be people rise up, even un, un, excuse me, unbelievers, who will defend him. Teammates, you know, former players who, who worked with him. He just carries himself in a way that seems to me to model this, the mercy and truth. He's gracious with people. He's kind, but he's, he doesn't seem to compromise. And you know people like this. You have, you have people like this in your own life, I'm sure. People you can think of that they're not harsh and overly critical. And uh, you know, if you mess up in their presence, they're going to show you mercy. But they don't bend either. They're not, they're not wishy-washy. They have a backbone, but they don't have to go flaunt their strength and get on Twitter and blast everybody who's wrong and disagrees with them. They're, they're merciful, but they're going to hold their ground. That's the kind of person Solomon says, who, if, if you, if you learn that and, and exemplify that, God will be pleased and people will hold you in high standing. Now, not everybody, right? That's the thing about Proverbs are they're, they're generally true. There are exceptions to all of these things. God doesn't bring everybody a long, full, blessed life. And we can't extrapolate and say, oh, well, they must not have uh, committed Solomon's words. So there are, no, that God in his providence and his plans, there are exceptions to all these things. But generally speaking, this is how uh, the world works. So there are exceptions. Let me see. I see a comment here by Lon says, are these Solomon's commands based on his experience or is he speaking under instruction from the Lord? I believe he's speaking under instruction from the Lord. Remember, he asked the Lord for wisdom and the Lord gave it to him and now he's he's writing it. So I'm sure his own experience plays into this. Um, he learned some hard lessons in his life, but uh, no, I believe it's, uh, this is the word of God inspired uh, by him. This one we know, verse 5. Some of you have memorized this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Remember, that's more the mind. And do not rely on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will make your paths straight. So we're trying to get from point A to point B. We're on a path toward a destination. We're not exactly sure the best way to get there. We're not sure what we're supposed to be doing. We, we think we know we're, we're supposed to head that direction, but how do we get there exactly? 
this road I'm on, this journey I'm on, it seems filled with twists and turns and, and all kinds of obstacles. How do I find the direct path? Solomon says, trust the Lord. Not with some of your heart, not with some of your mind, with all of it. And don't rely on what you think. And know him is literally what it says. Know him, acknowledge him in all your ways. We know this is true when we do it, don't we? I'm sure we could all give examples. We've got to trust him. I, nobody, caught, nobody answered my question. So James talks about wisdom and he says, God will give wisdom to anybody who lacks it if you just ask. And he says, but if you don't believe that God will grant wisdom, you're double-minded. God's not going to answer that prayer. He's not going to grant you faith if you ask, but you don't really believe he's going to do it. He's a good God, a good father who loves to give good gifts to his children. He loves to give his spirit and he loves to give wisdom. Which is very similar to here. Trust him with all your thinking. You're trying to figure this out, whatever it is, in your business, in your family, in, in whatever decision. You're, you're not sure what the straight path is. Trust the Lord. And you've got all these doubts in your mind, all these voices in your head that are throwing fear and doubt in your mind. You have to shut those off and say, no, those are all based on my reasoning. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm not going to lean on what I know to be true. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to acknowledge him and look for the straight path. Now, the problem is he doesn't always do this three minutes after we ask, does he? <laughs> Sometimes it, uh, it's a daily walk of faith for a long period of time. And, and again, James tells us he's testing us. He's, he's trying our faith. Are we just looking for the quick fix or are we really relying on the Lord? But after a time, after he's tested our faith, he gives us what we need. He makes the path straight. Our task is to just trust him and keep walking. Keep walking. Sometimes he leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. Psalm 23, right? You realize that psalm is not a death psalm, a funeral psalm. That's not the kind of psalm that we're supposed to read at funerals so much because in Psalm 23, the person doesn't actually die. He wishes he was dead. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's, that's, that's actually illustrating or, or articulating a, a profound darkness where you kind of wish you were dead and you can't see in front of your, your hand in front of your face because it's so dark and profoundly intimidating and, 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 and scary. He says, but the Lord is with me. I will not fear. I can't see two steps ahead, but I'm going to trust my shepherd to lead me through this. And what's the end of it? I'm going to feast here and in, in have a banquet in front of all my enemies. They can't touch me because the Lord's surrounding me and protecting me. Same kind of thing. It's not always an easy path or a straight path immediately. But that's where trust comes in. Are you willing to hang on to the Lord and believe him? Not just believe in him, but believe him and acknowledge him no matter what's happening 
and trust that he will make the way straight. That's what he says. All right, finally, our time is getting away from us here. Don't be wise in your own estimation. How often do we think we all have it, we have it all figured out? Or we think other men have it all figured out. We're going to go to, again, the gurus, the, uh, the doctors for everything. We're going to the psychologists and psychiatrists and all the experts, the experts, the experts, the experts. I'm so tired of hearing about experts. Don't be wise in your own estimation or in the estimation of those who claim to be experts. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. And this will bring healing to your body and refreshment to your bones, your inner self. How many of our physical and quote-unquote spiritual psychological problems are because we're trusting men, ourselves, or we hand over things to some other man or woman, And we're afraid of circumstances. We're afraid of how things are going to turn out. We're afraid of the opinions of others instead of fearing the Lord. And we pursue evil. And then we wonder why we're unhealthy and in our inner man is filled with turmoil. God says, fear me turn away from evil, your outer man and your inner man will be refreshed and healed. Now, again, these are proverbs. Does that mean you can't get cancer? No. No, this doesn't address every single situation in our lives. But those quote-unquote illnesses that are bound up in worry and sin, those go away. We see more and more and more the connection between eating too much, obesity, and physical suffering. Do you, have you seen the data on how much impact COVID has had on those who, who are obese? We can avoid some of that if we deny ourselves some of that food and, and get leaner and get healthier. There's a connection there. There's a cause and effect relationship between a lot of our decisions and how we actually feel physically as well as psychologically, emotionally, and so on. I mean, uh, I know so many people that are just emotional wrecks because they live in constant fear. Well, they're not fearing the Lord. And they're not laying all those things before the Lord with thanksgiving, as Paul tells us to do. This is good news. This is really good news. We have something to do with our fears, with our, our inner and outer man battles, with our desire to, to live the full good life. We can, we can pursue the wisdom God has given us and seek him to bring that blessing. So, brothers, my question is, you going to take God at his word on this? You can examine yourself and say, what areas, as we go through Proverbs and you go through it on your own, what areas of, of Solomon's teaching uh, am, I, am I not pursuing? How much do I trust in myself or others instead of trusting the Lord and acknowledging him? 
Am I a man who walks in mercy and truth? Do I think highly of myself and other men? Or do I fear the Lord and run from evil? Those are all things as we continue to pursue those things the right way. The Lord says, I'll bless you. Take me my word. Trust me. I can tell you from personal experience, the Lord is faithful to his word. So, gentlemen, do this. And if you're a father, teach your sons this. They need this more than they need to sing songs before they go to bed. More than they need to read the writings of some man who cleverly puts together or some woman in a picture book. Teach them these things. Teach yourself first, then teach them. All right, time is up. Do it. Have a great weekend. Grow in wisdom, gentlemen. And we will see you next week. God bless.